Thank you very much, uh, Secretary. Um, I'll start with a couple of questions about these listening sessions. Um, can you just talk about how you're going to conduct them and how you're going to integrate the mental health services piece? Thank you so much for the question, Chairman. And um, yes, the primary goal of the Road to Healing is for me and Assistant Secretary Newland to hear directly from survivors, as I stated in my remarks. Um, we're working, first of all, with tribes to make sure that we are reaching out. Uh, that will help us to decide where we should have these sessions. Um, we want to make sure that we are documenting those. There will be a part where if folks want to share publicly, they can. Uh, we will close it off to the public and to any press so that if people don't want to share their story with the public, they have that opportunity as well. Um, we are in coordination with the Department of Health and Human, Resources, Human Services excuse me, uh, to direct the mental health resources for medical providers uh, at, those, at the actual locations. And um, we, are, we will start um, with a first session in Oklahoma. Thank you. And um, can you just consider this a formal request that you uh, get back to us on what resources you may need in the coming appropriations cycle? A lot of uh, uh, SCIA members are also on appropriations and would be pleased to help. But decisions are getting made over the next, I would say, three to four weeks. So as soon as you can get us a uh, wish list, um, uh, the more likely we'll be able to be of assistance. Thank you, Chairman. Um, on the bill itself, uh, uh, we're, I mean, we're going to mark this up, uh, and we're going to try to move it through the Congress. Uh, but do you have any recommendations for any uh, uh, friendly amendments uh, to make sure that it hits the mark in, in the ways that we want it to? We, I appreciate you asking that, and of course, I, I just want to say how um, strongly we feel that this bill is actually complementary to the work that we're doing, uh, one of the reasons why we're wholeheartedly supporting it. Um, I, I am, um, we're happy to, of course, uh, make, uh, make that, you know, happy to share with you um, our, our feelings about um, that legislation. If I could turn it over to um, Assistant Secretary Newland to sure, Secretary um, Newland. detail that out, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Madam Secretary, and thanks, Mr. Chairman, for the question. Uh, just some of the uh, uh, changes, or, or to the extent that uh, the committee and Congress are considering any, uh, would relate to the composition of the advisory committee. Uh, for example, uh, the legislation. Um, uh, it points to the Bureau of Indian Education. The Bureau of Trust Funds Administration has been um, in, uh, central to putting together the report uh, that we published earlier this year uh, because of their record-keeping function. And so um, we would want to make sure that the Bureau of Trust Funds Administration is included in the uh, commission and the advisory uh, committee structure, as well as the National Archives, um, which we've partnered with uh, for getting information um, and, you know, they have millions of pages of uh, federal records in their possession that are going to be important to this work. So those are, those are two examples. Okay, and, and, and just uh, consider this a, a request for TA uh, to make sure that, and look, we're, like I said, we're going to pass this thing. Um, 
certainly out of committee and hopefully out of the whole Senate. Um, but we want to make sure that it's aligned with what you're already doing and, and we're not tripping over a new statute that is not exactly what you're sort of, you already have underway. And then we need to resource it. Um, and then I, I guess my, my final question, and I talked to you about this, Secretary, is the role of native language in, um, in restoration. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to that. Well, yes, of course. It, it's, um, it comes up a lot because during the terrible federal Indian boarding school era, children were cut off from their language. Um, and it happened in public school as well as boarding schools. Uh, my mother, uh, she had her hands hit with a piece of rubber hose every time she spoke Karis. It's one of the reasons why she didn't want to teach us Karis, our native language, because she was worried and scared. And so you can see how easily it would be to, to have generations of non-native speakers because their parents are worried about the future of their children. So um, we are wholeheartedly in support. This administration is in support of language revitalization. Um, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden and I got to travel to Oklahoma to visit the Cherokee Immersion School. Uh, a, a very fine example of how tribes are taking charge of teaching their languages, and um, we, we feel that that is one way to um, gain culture back for so many of the children in 2022 who have lost it because of the history of what happened. Thank you. Senator Murkowski. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Secretary Holland, as we, as, as we have looked at this report, as you have noted in, in your opening remarks, there are some 53 marked or unmarked burial sites that we know right now of, of students who died at these schools. There was an article about a month ago in the Anchorage Daily News uh, detailing about the family of Mary uh, Kinnanook. She's a Clinkett girl who attended Carlisle Indian Industrial School in Pennsylvania. Um, she died at the school just apparently shortly after her 14th birthday. And her family thinks that uh, she could be at, uh, her remains could be at one of those unmarked graves in the school's cemetery. So to the, the Kinnanook family and to others um, who are trying to bring, bring their children home, what resources or services, if any, does the department have to provide to the families that are seeking repatriation of family remains from, from any of these former Indian uh, boarding school sites? Is there assistance to the families? Uh, thank, you. Uh, thank you, Vice Chairman. So um, Carlisle in particular, it's now an Army War College. And so uh, I actually went to Carlisle to help some tribes repatriate um, uh, children from that cemetery back to their um, native homeland in South Dakota. Um, the Army was incredibly helpful. Um, it's, it's the, they took the responsibility on to help the families go through the entire process. Uh, of course, we are there to make sure that the tribe's wishes and the family's wishes are, um, are met. And so we would welcome the opportunity to help that particular family uh, with that, um, with finding, you know, finding the answers that they need. And so um, certainly 
we would be happy to work with your office to reach out to them. Um, so, so I understand from the answer, though, it's not necessarily an opportunity where you can go directly for resources to help help your your family from Alaska traveling to to Pennsylvania or to to research records. It's working with Army. It's working with department, kind of a, on a case by case basis. Do you think? that there will be anything more formally structured where, where families might be able to turn for some level of assistance? As, as you know, we uh, tribal consultation is incredibly important to us. It's the most important thing in the, this work that we're doing. Um, when we consult with tribes, if that's an issue they would like for us to move forward, we absolutely will move it forward. Um, of course, it's, it's hard to know um, a budget for something like that, but uh, but certainly um, it is, those are things that we. It, I mean, we need to consider everything, and we need to consider every tool in the toolbox when we're working with uh, people. The point is that we want to make this a healing process, and if that is what the tribes and the families want, we will find a way to do what we can. And I will I will just uh, add to that. Um, we had a we had a hearing earlier this year in this committee to discuss, um, again, the, the NEGPRA Act and how it's applied to protect tribal funerary objects, patrimony, and, and remains. At that hearing, we had an, another Alaskan testify, Dr. Rosita Worrell, who shared the unique institutional arrangements that govern the administration of services and certain federal laws that impact um, Alaska Native communities. And as we are as we are moving forward, um, and you in the department are identifying additional burial sites as the investigation continues, I would would ask that um, you take into consideration the unique tribal government structures that we have in Alaska. Invite the the relevant tribes, the Alaska Native corporations, to do exactly what you're talking about, which is the consult and to be able to provide input to the department regarding NAGPRA and, and other federal, the relevant federal laws that are out there as, as we're working through this boarding school initiative. Absolutely. Good. Yes. And then very briefly, um, because the chairman had raised this with regards to the legislation itself and S-2907, I understand that you've, you've, you've identified um, this is legislation that you want to work with us to pass. One of the authorities that's granted to the commission in the bill is subpoena authority. And some of my colleagues have raised this. They want to understand better why we need to provide the authority to the commission. Is it fair to assume that the department sees the subpoena power as necessary for the commission? Is, is, is that something that you want to see included? Or are there perhaps other options that could be used to gain needed information absent subpoena uh, authority? We, we support the bill as it is written, okay. Vice Chairman. Okay, good. Uh, since Senator Schatz is at the vote, we will turn to Senator Smith. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Vice Chair Makowski. Uh, Secretary Holland, it is so wonderful to welcome you to the committee, and I also just want to send greetings to uh, representatives and leaders of the 
um, of the, the NABS leaders that are here today. I see uh, Sandy there and all of you. I'm just, uh, it feels very meaningful to have you all in this committee room since the last time I saw you was when Secretary Holland was coming to visit um, in Minnesota and we went to the Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition. It was a powerful meeting. Um, so I'm very grateful to be able to have you all here today to address uh, the tragic history of this federal policy. The federal Indian school boarding, uh, the federal Indian boarding school policy created deep intergenerational harm to Native communities across the United States. And so many of the issues that we talk about in this committee, um, health challenges, educational disparities, loss of Native languages, mental and behavioral and physical health challenges, all are tied directly to the Indian boarding school policy. So Secretary Holland, I know that uh, you are committed to addressing this issue in a holistic way. After all, people are people. They're not divided up into different policy areas. Could you just um, expound a little bit on your opening statement and talk a little bit about how you see bringing a holistic approach to this issue across the work of the department as we move forward? And I should say I'm a strong supporter of Senator Warren's bill, the Truth and Healing Commission uh, uh, bill. I think that that will be an important um, tool um, to support uh, the work that you are doing at the agency, but could you just expound a little bit on how you see that kind of holistic approach um, fulfilling itself in the department? Absolutely, and thank you for the question, and, and yes, thank you for um, hosting us when we were in Minnesota. I, um, so first of all, what I'll say is that with respect to, to the work that we are doing, um, and the, and the priority of this administration, it's using an all-of-government approach to ensure that we are addressing the needs of Indian country. Our, we have um, trust obligations to Indian tribes. And so um, when I mentioned the fact of um, health and human services, you know, figuring how to make sure we are um, providing trauma-related support, um, language revitalization comes under our department. We also have, um, with respect to our department, we also have the American Indian Records Repository, for example. It's based near <coughs> Kansas City, Kansas, um, with um, hundreds of thousands of documents that, um, that, are, that we will be um, uh, researching to make sure that we are not leaving anything um, out of the, re the future reporting that we have to do. Um, with respect to Indian Affairs, we're, um, as I said, we have a trust responsibility to tribes. That's for health care, education, uh, economic development, housing, all those things um, that will also include um, uh, the entire administration. Um, we will absolutely work to make sure that everyone is, is a part of this and fulfilling our mission I mean, the bottom line is that that trust responsibility is real. Mm -hmm. Those are obligations that the federal government has to Indian tribes. Um, past administrations going back hundreds of years didn't always understand that obligation um, as it was meant to be. And so um, we feel confident that, that we can um, make that a reality. 
Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And I hear in your comments that this is a um, this is an understanding of the obligation, and also I would say the kind of the opportunity to make real progress that is shared by, um, as you say, because it's a whole of government approach. It's shared by the entire administration. It's not the Department of Interior kind of fighting against the machine. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, um, I know that I'm just about out of time. I want to just um, say to the committee that the work that is being done by the, um, by the NABS organization in um, Minnesota, it's national work, and the incredible effort that is being made to um, bring the story of the impacts of the um, boarding school era, bring all those stories together. Um, is it's really powerful, and it, it gives individuals a way to connect into their part of the story at the same time that they're understanding the broader um, implications of that policy kind of across whole populations. Um, it is really impressive, and it reminds me that um, if you really want to understand the story, you have to know it first, and then, of course, the next step is to take action to repair the damage that's done. It gives me great hope to know that that work is happening, and I want to just thank you for that. Thank you. Senator Cortez Masto. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Ranking Member. Um, I am so pleased we're having this hearing as well. Secretary Holland, thank you. I, I want to go back to um, your testimony, um, and, and you noted in your testimony that you would welcome the committee's assistance in access to records that are not under federal control. Could you address that? And, and then also, um, does S2907, which I support, would that help address accessing or get, obtaining those records? A absolutely. With the subpoena power, it would um, mean everything. Uh, I think um, there have been a lot of folks for decades who have tried to get records. Um, it's difficult doing that as an individual. Um, and so, um, and I and I and I also um, understand that some entities may need a subpoena before they're allowed to release certain records. So um, I think that portion of the of the law is or the bill is incredibly important. I would really um, appreciate it if um, Assistant Secretary Newland could um, actually expound on that a little bit. Thank you, Madam Secretary, and thank you, Senator. It's, it's great to see you and, and be back in front of the committee. Um, Secretary Holland said that the, the bill is, is broader in scope than our work has been to date in, in, would, um, in establishing the commission and, and providing uh, the mission and objectives for, for the commission, along with the subpoena authority, would give um, the commission the ability to uh, seek out that information from uh, non-federal entities um, and to do a, a deeper dive over a longer period of time um, with the would, five... Would that, uh, excuse me, would that be state entities, local government entities, private entities, or a combination of all three? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's helpful. And, and that's why um, I, I do think uh, some of them require that subpoena. They want to turn it over, but they also require some sort of federal um, subpoena to, to uh, be able to do so. So thank you. Uh, and that's why I, I think it is important we have that uh, ability to obtain those records. Let me, um, you heard in my statement, um, I am so pleased we have Nevada Indian Cultural Commission. They've done an incredible job in our state. 
um, and I know they're working um, in partnership with, the, uh, with you, Madam Secretary, uh, and your Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative. Um, in volume one of the report, um, the section on identifying and cataloging unmarked and marked burial sites at boarding schools notes that the department faced several limitations to complete this aspect of the investigation, including budget and appropriations restrictions. Now, I, if you could elaborate now on that, I would, I would like to hear that. If not, we can put it in writing, but I'm curious, because what do we need to do to make sure uh, we give you the tools you need and resources you need to address this? Yep, thank you. That's actually um, a great question for Assistant Secretary Newland as well. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Secretary and Senator. Thanks for that question. Um, in addition to the uh, you know, the pandemic uh, limiting our physical access uh, to some of these records, um, you know, we were working within our uh, existing appropriations authority and our existing appropriations amounts um, uh, with the the team that we had in place, and so it really limited uh, the scope of of the work that we could do. Um, uh, you know, with our existing staff. And so the, the appropriation that Congress provided for uh, FY22 has been uh, very important for allowing us to continue this work and build out the profiles for each of the schools listed in the report. And we'll also, um, related to that, will also allow us um, to do a closer look at each school that we have on our list and, and uh, do a better job of understanding um, where these uh, cemeteries and burial sites are, are located, and then also begin the work of um, trying to put together a plan to uh, work with Indian Country to protect those sites. Okay. Thank you. So, so what I'm hearing is you need additional appropriations, additional dollars in the current appropriations, or you have enough? Um, it, the President has requested an additional $7 million in the FY23 budget. And that's what you're referring to? That would help you further... With your investigation yes and, okay thank you thank you madam secretary mr secretary thank you <laughs> senator tester thank you uh mr chairman and ranking member for holding this hearing and it's great to have secretary holland here today and her left hand man only because you sitting to your left secretary holland brian newland it's always good to have you in the committee too brian um so I want to start by thanking the secretary for coming to Montana and we met with the tribal leaders in Montana and we heard from every one of them uh, about the boarding school situation and its impacts on each one of their tribes. So there is no doubt that the, the impacts of, of what happened is are real and that we need to do something about it. Uh, the conversation around native language is an interesting one because it's something that we've been talking about on this committee for uh, a decade or longer. And the benefits are obvious, and you know this, uh, Madam Secretary, uh, the benefits of reconnection with the culture, the benefits with improving self-esteem for students, the benefits of better grades, uh, uh, staying in school, uh, lower dropout rates, uh, better attendance, better graduation rates, all that stuff makes a big difference. So. Uh, could you, Madam Secretary, tell me what existing programs in the BIA can help in the goal of cultural and language re revitalization in Native communities, and how do you envision them fitting into the rec recommendations that are outlined in this report? Thank you, Senator, for that quest that important question. And I mean, I'll just say um, 
right off the bat that that depends on what the tribes want uh, for their communities. I mentioned earlier that the Cherokee Nation uh, started an immersion school, and a Cherokee immersion school for their students, uh, starting from elementary school up to um, high school. Um, that is ideal for them. We are, that is the reason that we are doing tribal consultation on these issues. Uh, we want to make sure that whatever we are doing is supporting what the tribe wants for their own communities. And uh, of course, we have the tremendous support of President Biden um, in this effort, and um, we look forward to moving it forward. Uh, okay, it's been very good. So how is the Department of Interior working with tribes and organizations that have already begun some aspects of the, of the work, uh, such as the State of Maine's Truth and Reconciliation Commission? Senator, I'm not quite... I apologize. Could you ask the question? I have a little bit of a trouble hearing you as well. So if you could no just problem. ask. I'll, I'll try to talk louder. How is the Department of Interior working with tribes and organizations that have already begun some of the aspects of this work, such as the State of Maine's Truth and Reconciliation Commission? Well, I think it's really our job to make sure that we are supporting tribes in the in whatever way is the best way um, possible for them. Um, of course, that is, that's always helped by a budget that is, um, that is kind and, and supportive of those efforts that tribes want to make, but um, we are working with, um, with tribes every single day. As you know, they're all different. They see, uh, they see truth, they see healing, uh, they see justice in different ways. And so uh, it's up to us to make sure that we're consulting and uh, supporting, and it, whether it's technical support or monetary support, um, programmatic support, however we can do that, um, that's what we will do. Thank you. In the minute I have left, I, I want to move away from the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative and, and talk a little bit about consultation. Uh, look, the BIA and Indian Health Service does cons consultation, and they do a pretty good job of it in most cases. Um, other departments, other agencies either aren't aware of the necessity for consultation or just don't think they have the time to do it. Since you're a Native American secretary of the Department of Interior, you have a unique insight into the value of consultation. Have you been able to do anything within the administration to educate other agencies, other cabinet level officials about the importance of consultation? And if you have, has it shown any results that are positive? Oh, uh, absolutely. Thank you, Senator. As you know, we, we reconvened, President Biden reconvened our White House Council on Native American Affairs. That's been incredibly important. All the cabinets, all my colleagues, we meet. Um, um, regularly to make sure that we're moving uh, the issues for Indian country forward. And I think that not only has um, this, this new era of Indian country um, yielded um, tribal consultations that are incredibly meaningful, but it is also translated into the various departments hiring Native people at high levels, um, um, consult, um, 
um, advisors and senior level uh, department um, employees that can help move the department, their departments forward in the ways that they, um, that are best suited to um, move that tribal, um, the uh, trust obligations forward. So I think it's, um, I think everyone, um, all of my colleagues um, have been um, extremely um, optimistic and um, and amenable to to these to moving all of these issues forward. Well, thank you, Madam uh, Madam Secretary, and thank you, Brian Newland, for being in front of the committee. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, uh, Senator Tester. I have a quick couple of questions for for the Secretary. Um, this work is necessarily going to involve more departments, you know, a fair amount of interdepartmental cooperation. And I guess my first question is, have you run into any bureaucratic administrative roadblocks? Um, and the second question is, can I have your assurance that if you do, you will come right to us? I mean, you can go right to the White House. I know you have that option as well, but we're, we're pleased to be of assistance here. And um, I want to make sure that, um, you know, the Department of Defense had a role here, the Department of War. And um, th they, can, they are capable of being pretty slow in responding to something that they don't consider uh, to be core to their mission. And I want to make sure that we're sort of on top of all the other agencies. I have no doubt you'll move with great alacrity. But I want to make sure that um, we have the interdepartmental cooperation that we need. Thank you, Chairman. I, I, I'll give um, Assistant Secretary Newland an opportunity to address this also. But um, from the time I wrote my op-ed uh, about this issue, which was over a year ago, um, we have had um, really incredible support from my colleagues um, across the administration. And I think that everyone sees this as part of America's story. It's not just Indian history, it's American history. And, and, and it affects all of us in the way that we go about our lives. And so um, I feel confident that we'll be able to find the support across uh, the departments um, that we need. And certainly we would, we would absolutely uh, come to you if we, um, if we had some issues you could help us with, but I, I would love to give. Well, let me try to get one more question in before oh, I move on to Senator Daines. Um, how do you see um, the department working um, with, with the agents, with your counterparts in Canada? Because I think they're at least chronologically a little bit ahead. And I'm just wondering what there is to learn there and maybe what differentiates uh, us from our friends. I mean, I call them our friends to the North. <laughs> Uh, Lisa called them our friends to the east. I had to sort of do the... <laughs> you had to get a mental map in, <laughs> yes. in your head. Um, well, uh, of course, I, we haven't been in contact with, um, with our counterparts in Canada regarding this particular issue, um, although um, I have read uh, quite a bit ab about um, what they are going through as well, and... Um, you know, before colonization, there was no Canadian-American border. Uh, there were tribes living in, on this continent, and we're all relatives. We all 
share a history together and we all um, care and, and love one another. And so I, I will just say that however I can be helpful to any indigenous people, um, I will absolutely um, be honored to, to be of assistance in that way. So um, I think that our, um, the reason that we have experienced some of the same history is because we're essentially the same people. And so um, we'll just, I'll, I'll just be ready to help whenever I can. And, and certainly I think we always have something to learn from each other. Yeah, I think that was my point is that let's find out what they're doing. Let's find out if they stub their toe in some way that looks obvious in retrospect so we can avoid making any mistakes that they're uh, that they made in the first instance and, and just sort of coordinate our efforts. Obviously, they're not going to be the same, but they are our friends to the north. This is at least um, conceptually um, the same effort um, and to your point for the same people. So we want to know what they're learning as they go along and make sure that um, we're learning from each other. Senator Daines. Chairman Schatz, thank you. Secretary Hall, thanks for being here. And before we get into the topics on hand, I want to thank you and your team for your leadership and your help on what's happened with the Yellowstone floods. Um, it's been an um, all-hands-on-deck moment. Um, I'm hearing really good things on the ground from Cam Shiles about your leadership, uh, Director Sam's leadership, on the response and support they're receiving. them. They're working 20-hour days right now uh, to get back on their feet. So uh, just a heartfelt thank you from the people of Montana, from Idaho, from Wyoming, who all share boundaries around that amazing treasure of Yellowstone National Park. And we will rebuild it stronger than it was before. Thank you. Um, well, I also want to thank you for being here for this important conversation. And thank you for the department's work so far to bring light to the atrocities that occurred under the Federal Indian Boarding School program. This issue strikes deep into the hearts of Montanans. It's not something that we should take lightly or half-heartedly, but it's something that we need to put our effort behind so that the truth and the stories can be uncovered. Montana was home to 18 known boarding schools located across the state, affecting many of our tribal communities. Each community will have different experiences and needs, and it's important that as the department continues its investigation work, that uh, you and we, we all work closely with each and every tribe and tribal community that were subject to the boarding school program. My question, Secretary Holland, uh, will you commit to working with all Montana tribes to ensure their voices and stories are heard as the department moves forward with the investigation. Absolutely. Absolutely, Senator. We're, we're committed to working with each and every tribe. Um, they suffered right along with, with so many other tribes, so yes. Thank you. Um, my follow-up on that would be, how will the department ensure that there are detailed investigations into the specific ramifications that each individual tribe has had to deal with? Thank you for that question. And of course, you know that we had volume one of this um, report 
Um, we're going on a, um, a healing journey across the country, um, and we'll be able to speak to individuals from individual tribes. Um, and then, of course, our uh, research will, will continue to move forward. Um, a second volume, of course, would have d more details about children, about each school, about each tribe. And so we hope to get with um, incredible specificity so that uh, the tribes have opportunities to decide what they'd like to do with that information. Thank you, Secretary Holland. Um, and I know it'll be a lot of focus on what's happened in the past as part of the healing process as you just described. But as we continue to bring light to what happened in the past, I think it's important we must ensure that we use these findings to guide our actions in the present as well as looking into the future. How can the department ensure that we are promoting tribal sovereignty, the tribal culture, the language, and history at existing BIE schools across Montana? Well, um, thankfully, uh, that is happening now. We are, um, every BIA school that we operate, and, and Secretary Newland can speak to this in more specificity, but we are, a lot of those schools, they have native teachers, native principals, native superintendents. We, there is a culturally relevant education for every native student at every single one of those schools. And um, that will absolutely continue. Secretary Holland, thank you. Thanks for being here. And again, um, thanks for your uh, great support on this issue, as well as helping us out west in Yellowstone. And, and Senator, if I could just say thank you for, for the Yellowstone comments. Um, I'm happy that you recognize it's, it's the career staff who, um, who live, eat, and breathe um, their jobs, and we're, we're incredibly grateful for the hard work that, um, that they are doing to make sure that this crown jewel of our country uh, returns to its um, original glory. So thank you for recognizing that. I will pass on those comments. Please do, and I will tell you, your leadership and uh, leadership from Director Sams is being noticed and felt as I've chatted again with our superintendent on the ground there and thank career you. staff. They know they have the support from, from uh, the team back here, it's very important. Thank you, thank you, Senator. Thank you very much, Senator Daines. Uh, Secretary Holland, uh, Assistant Secretary Newland, um, we'll now move on to our second panel. We thank you, uh, you are excused. Um, and I, as you are moving out, um, in the interest of time, I will begin to introduce our second panelists who can take their seats um, uh, as they are able. Uh, the first, is the Honorable Kirk Francis, the Chief of the Penobscot Indian Nation in Indian Island, Maine. Uh, next, Sandra Whitehawk, President of the National Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And my friend, Norma Wong, Native Hawaiian Policy Lead, Office of the former Hawaii Governor John Waihe'e in Honolulu, Hawaii and uh, to Senator Murkowski to introduce her witness. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I mentioned uh, Liz before, but I would like to officially welcome Liz Laquene Medicine Crow. She is the president and CEO 
Uh, first, Alaskans Institute. I know she traveled from Anchorage to be here, so thank you, Liz, for that. Uh, Ms. Medicine Crow, she is Haida and Clinkett from Cake in southeastern Alaska. She is an enrolled tribal citizen of the organized village of Cake. She's got a, she's got a strong uh, background um, uh, with a uh, Juris Doctorate, a JD from Arizona State, and a certificate in Indian law. But she not only has extensive knowledge and experience in federal Indian policy, but also with reconciling trauma, um, including the trauma associated with, with boarding and residential schools. And so Liz, just thank you for, for not only your advocacy on behalf of, of so many, um, but uh, in assisting us with the dis discussion and the consideration of, of the legislation. I, I think this is perhaps the first time you've testified before the committees. So we're delighted to have you back here and thank you for making the journey. Your full written testimony will be made part of the official hearing record, so we'd appreciate it if you confine your remarks to five minutes. Uh, uh, Mr. Francis, please proceed. <laughs> 